from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Some of the engineers and some of the folks at EPA feel like we're calling them liars and they thought they had worked hard on the relationship to repair it. And um, and I'm hurt personally because I feel like I was made to feel and my community was made to feel like we didn't know what we were talking about. And, you know, now they're coming back and they're kind of pretending like they had told us this all along when they haven't. The federal government should own their own mess. I love Paula Brown. She's one of my favorite people because she says it like it is. Show me what you're finding. Show me what you're going to leave behind in my community. I want to be part of the conversation. I'm Sarah Fenske. In 2018, the U.S. EPA announced a plan to clean up the Westlake landfill. The landfill in Bridgeton houses waste from the Manhattan Project, which was illegally dumped there in the 1970s. The EPA's $205 million plan was supposed to take four years, which should have meant 2022 completion. But instead of finishing the cleanup, the EPA is now saying the project has been delayed. They say the radioactive waste is more extensive than they previously believed and they are offering no clear sense of when it will all be finished. Dawn Chapman is the co-founder of Just Moms STL. She has pushed hard for cleanup, and she joins us today with the latest. Dawn Chapman, welcome. Thank you. So what do you make of this most recent announcement from the EPA? They have to do more tests. They're not ready to clean up? You know, I think the hardest thing is that our community has been going through this now for almost a decade with them back and forth through different administrations and I think we've given a lot of grace. I think that going into this cleanup, we knew there could be delays, but we're asking for more specifics on why. Why are we delayed? And I think what's so hard is the reason they're giving is that they're finding more. Well, we pushed them in 2013 to do additional testing. Yeah. And they told us, nope, we think that we know where it all is. And now they're coming back and it just that hurts. Yeah. If they had done the right thing back in 2013, we might be so much farther along than where we are today. That's right. And what they're saying is, well, there's a process now for us to do that. And we always knew that. And it was like, okay, it's a communication issue. It's like, well, then communicate that. Because we're good at giving grace. Yeah. It's just like, but you ha- there's a level of transparency that we're asking for that I don't think this agency is always comfortable with. What has been your most recent communication with them? Just sort of sharing these thoughts and, and trying to hear what they're working on. So I had a difficult uh, phone call this morning, um, and because they're hurt. Some of the engineers and some of the folks at EPA feel like we're calling them liars, and they thought they had worked hard on the relationship to repair it. And um, and I'm hurt, personally, because I feel like I was made to feel, and my community was made to feel like we didn't know what we were talking about. And, you know, now they're coming back, and they're kind of pretending like they had told us this all along when they haven't. And so... Um, you know, I think that we're okay with additional testing. Yes, I want to know where it all is, too. Yeah. But I want to understand if what they're finding cannot be removed because it's too deep, then how come we're not removing what we already know is there and putting us at risk and then also dealing with this? Why not get going on the plan we already have? Have you asked them that question? I have, and they're saying, well, it's a process and it's complicated. And I'm like, I hear you, but then you, again, transparency, you have to communicate why 
you can't. You can't just say we can't Mm -hmm. or we don't want to. And I think, again, it's a level of transparency that's really hard for this agency. And you've been really pushing for that. You're not hearing any good responses on the why. No, I'm not. And I'm even saying, look, if you can't give me solid data, I said, with what you're finding, right, the past year, Mm -hmm. just show me what you're finding. Show me the depth how hot is it? And they're saying you will get that when the report is finalized. And I'm like, but that could be when you're not given a solid date. I'm like, just give me parameters. Mm-hmm. Just give me something that we can tell the community, you know. And so there's this, I don't understand why. It's a disconnect. And I sense frustration from them. Mm-hmm. The people that you're dealing with maybe don't necessarily love how this is going either. No, I don't think so. And I think that they're worried that the relationship that we've worked really hard to build and that trust is eroding. And I wouldn't say that. But what I would say is it could start to if we don't work out this communication you know, gap that's occurring. So we did get some answers from the EPA. I don't think they're going to satisfy what you're looking for here, but I, I want to read a statement from them. But before we go to that, I do want to just take a step back and give some context to people who are maybe coming in newer to this issue, haven't been keeping up on this. Um, as you say, this has been more than a decade on your part of pushing for this. W- what are the concerns of people living in this community when it comes to this landfill? So now that EPA is coming forward with what the risk looks like and what it's looked like now since it sat there for almost 50 years in our community, mm-hmm. I think we're anxious to get out from underneath that risk. We've got the illnesses. My own son is sick. And I, I, we have to have closure and we have to at least be able to stop what exposure is happening now or what exposure could happen if there is none right now at this moment. And I think um, that level of anxiety and fear I, I don't think they know how to process that. I mm-hmm. think they're engineers and scientists in that emotional context and that fear that they don't understand it. And, and the reason the community got so involved with this um, when you, you know, became so involved in this is people were seeing friends and family members get sick. People don't mm-hmm. see this as sort of a future-looking problem. They see this as a problem right now. They do. And, you know, even doctors. Doctors have started reaching out to us because they're noticing increases in autoimmune diseases and all sorts of things within our zip code and around the landfill, as well as Coldwater Creek, another contaminated area with the same waste. So I think as the medical community opens up about it and says, yes, we're starting to get concerned here, you know, EPA's response is yes. And that is why we have this great decision. And we're like, yes. And that is why we want you to do this decision right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is top of mind. This is urgent yes. right now. Well, so our producer asked the EPA about the timeline of when this drilling and testing will be completed on site. The agency said, quote, it still anticipates completion of the remedial design investigation drilling this spring. So we also asked if there's a reason that cleanup efforts cannot take place at the same time as the testing. And here's the response. Uh, the EPA said, quote, the investigation work must be completed to determine where the excavation will take place and where to place the engineered cover. The more data and information the potentially responsible parties collect now, the more certainty there will be in the locations of excavation. And as a result, the shorter the time it will take to implement the remedy again excavation. So I'm wondering if that part seems fair. I mean, back in the day, you were pushing for them to get this complete picture. Should the priority be getting the complete picture now versus just kind of digging in for this partial cleanup? So I think absolutely. But here's the part that they forget and they really have to focus on. Those deep pockets that they're finding right now, we're told that they're not covered under this cleanup, right? 
So we're told that those will stay in our community for an eternity. They're saying that? Well, yeah, there's no way to get them out. That's okay. what we're they're saying. They're so deep. Yes. Yeah. And so what they're working on is a cover in place, right? And what that looks like to cover it, to keep the risk down. This is sort of the capping side That's of the right. project. That's gotcha. right. So, so my response to that is then be upfront with the risk. Show me what you're finding. Show me what you're going to leave behind in my community. I want to be part of the conversation. And they don't have a reason why. Yeah. You know, and that's the strange thing is is we're not, no, I'm not asking them to put us at any greater risk or any less. I, we're asking to be part of a process here and to be transparent. And, and, and they're not answering that. And so what happens, kind of you guys are probably thinking it too, is if, if you don't answer, if you can't tell me what you're finding and where, then it leads people to speculate. Mm-hmm. And that creates more fear and emotion, and we don't want that. That's not healthy for us. And is that happening right now in the community? People are thinking, wow, they must have found something terrible, or they wouldn't be at this point, or why won't they answer this question? Absolutely. That is exactly what's happening. And the other thing that's happening is with some members of press that have been on this for a full decade almost, Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, we asked the same question of them about additional waste six years ago. Here's their response. And now I ask it now, and this is their response. And I'm like... I know. Yeah. I'm with you. I feel it. It hurts. And it doesn't hurt, you know, some of the members like it hurts us, but it does because it turns it around on us. It makes it seem like we're the ones that didn't understand. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, don't don't do that. For whatever reason, maybe you didn't want to put emotional harm on us. I don't know. You weren't as upfront as you should have been. And that's the bottom line. That's not our fault. Do you think to some extent this could be attributed to the fact that we have had a change in administrations in Washington, D.C., that the Biden folk are looking at this differently than the Trump people looked at it, who looked at it differently than the Obama people? I think it could just from the perspective that this seems like bad news. And I think that no administration wants to give bad news, especially when midterms are around the corner. And, I, and so I do think there's politics in play here, but they forget that we have always had bad news and we've always taken it gracefully. There's no reason to think we won't do so now. And the press has been extremely fair with them in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Again, the press has shown grace and they will continue to do so. But when you do this elusive communication stuff, that's when we get scared because we don't understand what changed. We're talking today to Dawn Chapman. She's the co-founder of Just Moms STL, which has spent more than a decade advocating for cleanup of the Westlake landfill there in Bridgeton. Our producer also talked to uh, Missouri Representative Paula Brown. She's a Democrat who represents part of St. Louis and St. Charles counties. She lives three miles from the Westlake landfill. She's been working on this issue since she came to Jefferson City in 2019. She was running for office in 2018 when the EPA announced this remediation plan. We've had Um, multiple incidences of cancer. We've had deaths in young people. We've had deaths of pets. We have people who, people who are now afraid to be out in their yards. You know, they don't grow their flowers. They don't grow vegetables. They, they, they're always afraid. And I'm afraid for them. And when, if like it starts to smell, that really gets your nerves rattled in that all of a sudden we're smelling the the Westlake again. And I will tell you, we have not done that in a long time. And Republic Services has worked really hard to continue to upgrade and do the things to keep people safe. But at some point, we have to get it done. And until we have it done, 
I don't know who, I don't, I can't say to you at all that there's a feeling of safeness right now because there isn't. There just isn't. And that is Representative Paula Brown. Again, she represents part of St. Louis County, part of St. Charles County. That anxiety that she spoke to kind of thrumming through the community, that, that's something that you see. You know, even when as she's as she's talking about that, like I'm feeling that, you yeah. know, and I and I know what she's talking about. And she's got such a finger on the pulse. But she's also right about, you know, the fact that we haven't smelled the landfill. You know, Karen and I got to go on a tour of the landfill actually two weeks ago. And EPA was supposed to give us a tour, and they backed out. Really? Yep. They backed out that week, and so we still took it with, with, with the landfill owner. And, um, you know, one thing that stood out, we stood where the fire was, and you could see all this work that went into controlling the fire and the smells and the leachate. Um, and, and, and it was sad, right, that that had to happen, right? We needed yeah. all those controls, but they're there. And then when you turn and you look at the radioactive waste, you think, my God. EPA has had that waste for 30 years. It's been a, it's been there for 50, but they have had it for 30. Yeah. And nothing's been done. Yeah. It's, and it's sitting there this close to the smoldering underground. You are. And it's it's a, it's it's amazing to see the technology that can be put into place quickly mm-hmm. to keep a community safe from the fire by the PRP, but to think my own federal government can't get out in front of this and has let this sit on the surface for 30 years. It really affected us. You said the EPA was supposed to be at this visit and ended up canceling. Do you think that's because this thing that's going on now, they knew that they were going to be relaying this delay? They told us the reason was because they were busy answering congressional letters. That's what they that's wow. what they told us that they were busy and that letter didn't come out till a week and a half after that visit. And when we were on site, EPA engineers were actually on site working. So it really it again, that erodes. Yeah. That pulls away with from everything that we've built. And so we have requested and I hope they acquiesce. I asked again today. I want them to give us a tour. We have permission now to be on that site from the PRPs. I want to tour and I want them to show me. And when you say PRPs, that's prior responsible parties. Well, that's um, pr- that's that's yeah, potential is potential, what I mean. Sorry. Potential yes, responsible that's an important parties. Important modifier there. Right. So basically, the landfill owner is willing to have you there. It's the EPA being willing to join you. That's right. And the Department of Energy and yeah. other parties are fine with us being up there to see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like the doors have opened, which is great. But the one person that we expect to dev- invite us in backed out. So Representative Paula Brown, again, she shares these concerns. She hears the same thing you're hearing. She believes the only way forward is to talk with the media, bring senators and representatives together, both federal and state, and hold the EPA accountable. The federal government should own their own mess. Now, Republic Services and Cotter Corporation are two of the folks that are helping, will help pay for the cleanup, along with um, Department of Energy. But from the start of this, it was the federal government who made the mess. And now it should be the federal government via EPA who cleans up the mess. Whoever the partners are paying for it, they already know who they are. We already have a record of decision. It is time to get it cleaned up. And again, uh, that is Representative Paula Brown. I see you agreeing with everything she was saying right God, there. I love Paula Brown. She's yeah. one of my favorite people because she says it like it is. 
our if this would be a different responsible party, right? That that a different polluter, maybe it's big oil or whatnot. I mean, there's a lot out there. Yeah. This is our own federal government's waste. Yeah. They made it. They created it. They are responsible. The Department of Energy, you know, behind EPA sits this huge federal agency, the Department of Energy, that nobody gets to see. Nobody gets to get a comment from. Why is it the creator from the weight of the waste is silent? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. This isn't just your average super fun site where somebody else is the ultimate responsible party. Well, so look. At the same time, they're they're writing these letters. Apparently, to there's a lot of politicians who have taken this seriously. Um, the EPA Region Seven Administrator Meg McAllister told Congresswoman Ann Wagner that there are plans to hold a congressional briefing in late March or early April. I was interested to hear that's happening in Washington. Are there any plans? that you're aware of to do one in St. Louis. No, and I will tell you, um, we're going to be there. I mean, we're going going to Washington. I'm I'm buying a ticket and I'm going to be there. Whether they let me in or not is another story, but I will be there asking to come into that meeting because one of the things we've, and the congressional office is bipartisan, have been fantastic. We sit like this. We sit together in a room with EPA. We have developed an incredible form of communication that works why bypass that? Yeah. Why change that? And especially since it's the communication part that's broken. You know, she did speak in that letter, which Meg was, uh, Administrator McAllister was amazing. But she's talked about redoing communication. And I'm like, we get to decide that, though. We get to decide how we want you to communicate with us, not the other way around. Yeah, because you feel like they're there to serve you. That's right. And and, and that that's... That is how we don't get into this issue. You know, if there's if there is a legal reason why you can't give me an answer and that actually protects me because you're in a legal process with Superfund, then say so. Mm -hmm. Because if you're trying to protect me under the extent of the law, that means something versus just not giving an answer. Yeah. Don, there is so much frustration here. I can hear it in your voice. I can see it on your face. In our final minutes here, or final moments <laughs> here, um, what would you want us to be watching as this situation progresses? There is no reason why the transparency isn't there. You know, there's grace given. We've had bad news. We expected delays. Mm-hmm. We just want to know what they are and why. If you can't give me a timeline, that's fine. But what you owe me is a reason why what you're finding means you can't give an accurate timeline. Again, these are not things we have asked this, these questions of this agency before and we have gotten answers. And that's all we're asking for. And the communication is key. No, you don't, you don't use a CAG. You don't use anything else. You come straight to us. You owe us that. Don Chapman, thank you for joining us today. And Don is the co-founder of Just Moms STL. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. 
St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.